Hello and welcome to the Underappreciated Animals Podcast with Hatchling Makes, an animal-themed podcast filled with fun facts about species which aren't always the main feature in nature documentaries but are getting a chance in the spotlight because they are amazing and they deserve some attention too. My name is Tash Hatcher and I am a wildlife artist and lifelong animal lover. I run a small business called Hatchling Makes where I sell wildlife-inspired enamel pins and stickers and every sale helps to raise money for wildlife conservation. In each episode of this show, I will be chatting about a different underappreciated animal, from horseshoe crabs to cassowaries to rock hyraxes and everything in between. I'll be sharing fun facts and telling you all about these incredible species, from where they're found to what they eat to just what makes them so special. Before we go any further, I do want to add in a tiny disclaimer. I am not a wildlife professional in any way, shape, or form. I am just an extreme animal lover, but I will do my very best to research these creatures to the best of my abilities so I can bring you their stories as accurately as possible. So without further ado, let's dive on into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode five of the Underappreciated Animals podcast. We are already at five episodes. I still pinch myself that I have a podcast and that people actually listen to it. So thank you so, so much for being here, for continuing to tune in if you are a longtime listener or for tuning in for the first time if you are a new listener. Thank you. Welcome. I am so excited that you're here. I feel like the animal for this episode is one of those Marmite animals. Either you absolutely love them or you are totally terrified of them. (laughs) And honestly, I can see both sides. Today, I am going to be chatting all about the incredibly beautiful, the royalty of the rainforest, the cassowary. And if you couldn't tell from how I just introduced them, I am definitely on team love. Cassowaries are so special to me because they are another one of those animals that I have just grown up with and another animal that you can see in loads of zoos around the world. I always get so excited when I see cassowaries at zoos, but they do scare me a little bit in person, I won't lie. (laughs) I think my fight or flight instinct kicks in when I see them because they are so tall and they just look so intelligent. But you also just know instinctively that if you are going to get into a fight with one of them, you're gonna lose. (laughs) And there's not many animals that I see and then slowly back away from, but cassowaries are definitely one of them. I just want to give them all the space that they need. (laughs) But they are amazing and I do hope that you agree by the end of this episode, so let's get into it. So cassowaries are famous for being an Australian animal, but they can also be found on Papua New Guinea and some surrounding islands. They are found in tropical rainforests, and in Australia they're found right up in the top of the map in northern Queensland, which is just an absolutely stunning corner of the world. I was very lucky to be able to go there with Mr. H, my husband, Um, and actually one of the greatest regrets of my life is that we had an option to go on a tour to see cassowaries in the wild and we didn't do it. I think instead we went snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef, which admittedly was amazing, but I wish that we had been able to do both. Up in cassowary territory is where the rainforest comes right up to the beach and it just really feels so untouched. And then you see these cassowaries come out of the rainforest onto the beach and it just feels like you have gone back in time. 
There are three subspecies of cassowaries, the northern cassowary, the southern cassowary, and the dwarf cassowary. Although I do feel like the name dwarf cassowary is a bit of a misnomer if you ask me, because they can grow to around 100 to 130 centimeters tall, which is pretty big for a bird. So as you can imagine, cassowaries are pretty large birds. They are the second heaviest bird in the world after the ostrich and the third tallest bird after the ostrich and the emu. I was really struggling to figure out how to explain how they look because they really, they are so distinctive. The best I can do is imagine an ostrich that is a weightlifter. <laughs> So imagine the same sort of bird body as an ostrich, but with a thicker neck, and then the head is a little more like a rooster, and then they have the same tall legs as an ostrich, but more like tree trunks. <laughs> I feel like if you are looking for the link between dinosaurs and modern birds, then the cassowary is that missing link. Cassowaries are also so colourful. No shade to ostriches and emus, but the cassowary, for me, gets all the points in the aesthetics department for giant birds. <laughs> they have this gorgeous blue-black feathery plumage all over their body, but then their heads and their necks have no feathers at all, and they are bright blue. And northern and southern cassowaries also have wattles, which are like the floppy skin bits that hang down from their necks that you also see on roosters and turkeys. And they are also really brightly colored. They're normally red or yellow, but they can actually change color depending on the mood of the individual. As always, I have drawn a cassowary, a southern cassowary, specifically for the artwork of this episode, so you can go and take a look at that if you are listening to this very muddled description and thinking, what on earth is Tash on about? <laughs> go look at that and then come back for the rest of this episode. Cassowaries also have this incredible cask on their heads, and a cask is a kind of scaly bit of their heads that you can find sometimes on birds. So hornbills, for example, have casks, and actually some lizards have casks too, like some species of chameleon. And casks can come in all sorts of shapes. The cask on a cassowary typically looks like some sort of a half oval that's growing out of the skull. And these casks are a bit of a mystery. For a long time, it wasn't clear why they had them. And there were loads of theories, ranging from things like they protect the heads of the cassowary as they walk through the rainforest, or they use it to forage in the leaf litter. But in 2019, a study was made by some researchers from La Trobe University, which suggested that they are actually a way for cassowaries to regulate their body temperature. Because the cask has such a large surface area, they can dispel heat quicker through it, and honestly, that makes the most sense to me. Just as a side note, there is actually a beautiful Aboriginal Dreamtime story about how the cassowary got its cask, and I won't retell the whole story in this episode, but if you have the time to read it, I just think it's so lovely, I will pop a link to a version of it into the show notes. Cassowaries are rainforest dwellers, and that helps with their elusive nature because they can just hide in amongst the trees. I chatted a bit in the Akafi episode about how I always get surprised that such large animals can hide in the rainforest, and the cassowary is another great example of that. They are fruit eaters, and as you can imagine, are incredibly important for seed dispersal. They are actually considered the protector of the rainforests because some fruit seeds won't germinate until the fruit has been eaten by the cassowary and the seeds have passed through its digestive system. So they are an incredibly important part of the rainforest ecosystem. 
So cassowaries, being birds, obviously they lay eggs. They generally have between three to five eggs per clutch, and the eggs are this gorgeous green color, and it's the third largest bird egg that gets laid in the world. Honestly, <laughs> it just looks like a huge avocado to me. Cassowaries are solitary animals until it comes to mating season. And then once the female lays the egg, she's off. She heads on out. She's not hanging around anymore. <laughs> and it is the male that does all the incubation for the eggs and also brings up the chicks. Incubation lasts about 50 days. And during this time, the male cassowaries can be super aggressive because it's protecting its nest. Cassowary chicks are adorable though, and they have a little striped coat, a bit like a baby tapir. This helps them to hide in the rainforest, and they will keep the striped plumage for three years before their adult feathers grow in. Now, here is a fun fact that I didn't know until I was researching this episode, and honestly, it makes me just a smidge more scared of cassowaries than I already was. <laughs> um, cassowaries can jump really high one and a half meters into the air to be exact and they can do this from a standing position and then also kick at the same time they are basically the street fighters of the bird world <laughs> then as if that wasn't enough right <laughs> on top of that they are also super fast and can run up to 50 kilometers an hour so i think you can see now why i'm wary of them now, if you have ever looked closely at a cassowary's foot, and I realize that most of you probably haven't, <laughs> let's just say as a wildlife illustrator, my search history is full of weird animal body parts. <laughs> but if you have also Googled cassowary feet at some point in your life, then you may have noticed that they have really long claws on each toe. And the claw on the inner toe specifically is basically like carrying a mini dagger with them. So you definitely don't want them kicking you because not only will you get kicked in the face, but they will also stab you at the same time. Now, you won't be surprised to hear after all that, that cassowaries are considered to be the most dangerous birds in the world and are listed as the most dangerous birds in the Guinness World Records. But they've actually only ever killed one person in Australia, and that was a kid in the 1920s who was allegedly attacking the bird with dogs. And you are actually more likely to be killed by a horse in Australia than a cassowary. And a lot of that is just how remote and elusive cassowaries are. After the poor kid in the 1920s, there actually wasn't another human death related to cassowaries until 2019, when an exotic pet owner was attacked by his pet cassowary. And once again, that just goes to show that these are wild animals and not pets, folks. Now, if you are wondering how this incredibly dangerous bird has such a low amount of deaths attributed to it, it's because there's very little overlap in human cassowary habitats. And obviously, not every attack from a cassowary results in a fatality. These were just the two that happened to do that. There are a lot of attacks on humans per year, roughly 200 per year, give or take. So yeah, you want to be giving these birds a wide berth if you do see them in the wild. Both northern and southern cassowaries are listed as vulnerable on the IUCN red list, and dwarf cassowaries are listed as near-threatened. The rainforests, which cassowaries rely upon, has slowly been degraded and cut down to make way for human development and homes. 
Historically, cassowaries have also been hunted by humans for their meat and also for their feathers, and they have been used in trade by indigenous groups for hundreds of years. Some groups would catch chicks and raise them until they were either big enough to eat or to trade. They're actually still hunted for food today, and of course, because of their elusiveness of the animals and their nests, any eggs fetch a really high price too. I think it's really important to note that cassowaries are incredibly respected by indigenous groups, as well as important culturally to them, and that whilst they are hunted, there is lots of particularly Aboriginal tribes that work really hard to protect them. Like I said earlier in the episode, cassowaries are considered the protectors of the rainforest and indigenous groups know that and want to keep that connection with them. So I think on that note, I am going to end this episode here. Don't forget to check the show notes for a link to the Dreamtime story about how the cassowary got its cask. It's not very long, but it's such a great story. I've always loved Dreamtime stories, especially the ones about animals, and I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. I'm going to be totally honest, folks. I'm a bit busy at the moment with the holidays coming up, which is always a busy time for my small business. So I am hoping that I can stick to my uploading schedule. But if not, please bear with me. Thank you, as always, for listening and I will speak to you in the next episode. Take care folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Underappreciated Animals podcast. I hope you found this episode fun and interesting and if you did then please reach out let me know I would love to hear from you. If you love animals and you would like to help support this podcast you can check out my website for my small business Hatchling Makes which you can find at hatchlingmakes.com or if you head to the show notes, I'll leave a link there. It's got wildlife-inspired enamel pins and stickers and stationery and all that good stuff. Plus, 10% of every sale is donated to wildlife conservation. Also, if you have a moment to leave me a review, I would be super grateful. That really helps me to know that I am sharing the animal stories that you want to hear. You can also discover more underappreciated animals by listening to the other episodes which are available wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe whilst you're there so you don't miss out on any future episodes. New episodes will come out every other week on a Friday. I'm also taking animal suggestions so hop on over into the show notes to find out how to do that if you have an animal you'd like me to highlight on the show. Bonus points if you mention one that I have never heard of before. That's all from me. Until next time, take care folks.